fallen human way of, of being and thinking, it gravitates toward the negative. That's why sometimes you can believe things about people that aren't even true. You'll think that they're thinking things of you that aren't true. And so many people think that God's thinking things about them that aren't even true. And I remember hearing a lot of that for years and years. And, uh, and, and when you have those lies, it makes it, it makes it a struggle to simply, simply receive. And we're talking about being a master receiver, not a master builder, not a master doer as much, not a, not a master uh, anything else today except being a master receiver. And, and being a receiver, is a, it, it's, a very, it's, it's a very simple thing, but really it takes cutting through that, that, that covering of lies so we can simply just receive. I know it was hard for me to simply receive from God because for one thing I was used to a performance type of 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 of, of lifestyle and 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 religion to where I had to do a lot of things in order to get certain things from God. I was taught that kind of stuff for years. And uh, uh, then you come to the place where you see that Jesus was bigger than I thought he was. And what he did was bigger than what, than what I thought he did. And God loved me more than I thought he did. And he was more gracious than I thought he was. And his heart was bigger than I thought it was. And, and, and when you see the truth about that, you almost can't help but just become prone and become at rest and receive because it really, really is all about him. A master receiver. Now, I, I, we, we actually changed this. At first, I wanted to be a little bit clever, and I wanted to call it how to be a wide receiver, like a football position. And I wanted to use that twist and then talk about not being a narrow receiver, but being wide, you know, having, your, having your, 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 your container open wide or your mouth open wide to receive. But, but it's about, we're calling it how to be a master receiver. Now, now so here, here we, we look at the uh, the word receiver, there's a position called receiver <laughs> in football. <laughs> and he's called that because that's, that's what he does. The, re- the receiver simply receives. The receiver does not throw the football. He doesn't initiate this. He doesn't throw the football to himself. He, he receives what is being thrown toward to him or, or given to him, you could say, what's being passed to him. The receiver simply receives. He doesn't, he doesn't throw the ball. He doesn't, all he does is receive what's being thrown to him. Now, there's a principle that we see here in a lot of things. For instance, uh, uh, a surfer does not create the waves. What do they do? You ever watch them and they'll, they'll, they'll lay on their board and they'll watch and they'll see these swells coming? See, they're coming. He's not creating those things. He doesn't dictate which ones come, but he knows that they're coming. He sees them coming, and he also knows that there's a big one that'll be in there too. And so what they do is they just stay there in their position, and then they they look, and when when the, the wave that they want comes, they simply get in position, and they receive that wave that's coming. Um, A fisherman does not, does not create the fish. Really, the fish comes to the fisherman, right? Now, of course, technically, you want, the, you want the best bait that you can, but, but, but the fish is actually coming to you, and you're receiving what comes to you. You're not picking out which fish in the ocean you're going to catch. You receive what comes to you. Um, uh, those of you that, that write, whether you write songs or you write books or anything that you, that you, that's inspirational, um, you don't just... You don't just sit down every day and mechanically create something, right? That, that, right. Most, most people that do that, they're inspired writers. In other words, they don't create 
a song or they don't create a writing, they receive one. It comes to them. It comes to them. And then they begin to put it into words and music or, 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 or whatever. But, but the point that we're making here is that this is given by somebody. And what we do is we simply receive. We're not the initiators of this, that, that, that God is the, the author of, of all of this. There's a verse in chapter uh, 6 of Hebrews, chapter 6, verse 7 that uh, demonstrates this real well. It says, for the earth which drinks in the rain that often comes upon it and bears herbs useful for those by whom it is cultivated receives blessing from God. There again, you see uh, a, a, a real, real good picture that, that the earth, what does it do? It doesn't make the rain, it receives rain. Now, what does it do to receives the rain? It just is there. <laughs> it's just there. The rain comes from heaven. The rain comes from, from, from above and the earth receives it. Now, not every part of ground receives rain. Uh, a parking lot does not receive rain. Uh, Judy and I, uh, uh, I remember we, 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 we laid a little patio in our, uh, uh, the back of our house, you know, in the paver brick patios. And we, 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 we laid that out. And, you, and you know, when you, when you do that, or whether you pour a concrete or whatever, um, you want to slope it just a little bit because it won't receive the water. It's going to go somewhere. And if it's sloped towards your, towards your house, um, it's, the, the water's going to come to your house because the rain does not go down into it. It does not receive the rain. It, 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 it resists the rain and it goes somewhere else. So you slope it a little bit so that the rain will go somewhere else. And when it goes off the patio, then it goes into the ground and the ground receives the rain. And so, so uh, a lot of times if you're believing lies... You're more like a, like, a, like a parking lot or like a concrete slab. When the rain is coming, God's, God's just a giver. God has given everything that pertains to our life. But, but so many times people are trying to, trying to get something. People are trying to work hard. People are trying to fix themselves in order to get something when, when really all you have to do is be the natural thing that God made you to be. And in the beginning... That's what it was supposed to be, was that God would be the source and we would be the receiver of all his goodness, his love and his abundance. And uh, with the way that man went, we, we became the fix it ourselves people. And what we did, what, what mankind does is like Linda was talking about, is that you see something wrong and you try to fix it. And a lot of times our, our religion has been to, to point out all these things that we are wrong and all these things that we're doing wrong and try to fix us, try to make ourselves better for God, try to make ourselves better in order so we can, we can have better from God. It's almost as if God is waiting to see us, you know, become a certain type of person. And then when we become that certain type of person that pleases God, then you can have these things from God. But when you when you look at the beauty of the gospel, you see everything was initiated by God. He did everything. <clears throat> and if you really look at it, it, I don't know that it could be more clear that everything is all comes from God. Every good gift comes down <laughs> from the father of, of, of life. It comes down from God. It doesn't say that it's sporadic. It just it comes like the rain and like the rain comes to the earth. The earth just receives the rain. And in the verse there, it says it says. It drinks in the rain and it receives, it receives, it receives, it receives, it receives, it receives blessing from God. We were singing that song about being loved by God and how his perfect love does all of these things. It casts out all fear. What are we, 
What do we do to get that love? We know we don't try to become worthy of it. We know that. What do we do? We just receive it. And, and, and I hope if we see the simplicity of it, it can even take away that idea of us trying to fix us so that we can receive it. Because you'll find out it's never about fixing you so that you can receive it. It's simply a matter of knowing truth. Knowing, believing the truth, 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 truth. We saw Jesus full of grace, full of truth. And when we saw truth, I'll just use my own example. When I saw truth about, about God that washed away the, the, the covering of lies that was keeping me, making me more like a parking lot instead of just the earth that drinks in the rain. When it washed, that, washed away that, when I saw, I mean really saw, and I'm going to talk about the difference between the heart and the head. When I knew in my heart, not in my brain, because I knew it in my brain a lot of times. I could quote Jesus loves me. <laughs> I could quote the scriptures about God being love and how God loves us and God so loved the world and all that. I had all that in, in, in my brain. But when I believed it in my heart, when I believed it in my heart, my heart then opened up to receive, like the receiver's hands open up to receive. If a receiver's got, got boards in his hands, he's not going to be able to receive because he's got something else going on. If you're holding on to something else, if you're holding on to lies, it's hard to, to receive. If I put a couple of oranges in your hand and then I throw in a third one and I say, now catch this, you wouldn't be able to do it because your hands are full of something else. And being in position to receive or being a receiver is that you're not holding on to any lies. It's not about you. It's not about, it's not about God's not demanding anything when you can believe in your heart that his love is without any conditions, without any demands, which is scary to a fleshly, religious thinking type of mind. It's scary because, because it, it, it's afraid. I don't know how people, somehow we have the idea that all church, these church people, that we come to church on Sunday, we read our Bibles, we sing, we pray, we, we come to hear the word of God. How does somebody get the idea that all we want to do is try to see how much sin we can get away with? That's not what we're trying to do <laughs> at all. So don't be afraid of talking about love that has no conditions and makes no demands on you and puts none of this on you. The fact the whole beauty of the gospel was he took all of that in the Old Testament, all that from Adam and law and flesh and knowledge of good and evil and all that, all that that put everything on you and me. Geneva was talking about all those hundreds of laws. When you go through the Old Testament, no wonder people couldn't keep. There are just too many. And, all the, and, and that's not all. I mean, you can read 600 and something laws and find 600 and something laws in the Old Testament. That's not enough. Go to the Jewish Talmud, which, the, which was written by, by teachers and rabbis in addition to what we have in those Old Covenant scriptures. There's, there's so many, 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 many more. They write more and more and more. It's never enough. And that old, that all that all it does is put all these responsibilities on us. And Jesus says, woe to you. He says, you just keep putting these burdens on people. 
And nothing you're doing is relieving any of the burden. I came to relieve the burden. He came and what he did took all of that burden off of us. All of those hundreds and hundreds of rules, regulations, all the demands and commands and everything that you had to do. That was your responsibility. Or it looked like it was. Anyway, we thought it was. And he showed us that, he has, that his true nature and his true character, he says, this is how I really am. I'm not, I'm not a God who puts burdens on you. I'm not a God who puts demands on you. I'm not a God who believes that it's all your burden and your responsibility to do this. Let me show you. I'm full of grace and truth. I'm the, I'm the representation of the Father. If you want to see him, look at me. And I've come to take all the burden off of you. So come and learn about me, he says, because my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And why is his yoke easy? Because it's like two oxen in a, in a, in, in, in a yoke. His yoke is easy because we got one, him, that's bearing every bit of the weight. When it's on you, when the burden is on you, when the responsibility is upon you, you can't receive because there's too much of you you have to fix. There's too many demands that you start finding upon yourself. I've got good news, G-O-O-D, good news, that Jesus did it all, paid it all, took care of it all. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, there again shows that we're the receiver, God's the giver, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency, God, let me read that again. God is able to make all grace abound toward you. There it is. The ball coming to you. The rain coming to you. Coming to you. Coming to you. Coming to you. Not you going to it. You're not trying to find it. You're not on a journey to go and get it. You're not climbing the holy hill to try to get to some high place in God. We're not, we're not going up to the, to trying to get up to the, climb up to the higher heavens and the higher heavens. We have been made to sit with him. He finished the whole thing. He's able to make all grace abound toward you, <coughs> that you always having all sufficiency in all things. You know how, to, how what helps you to be a master receiver is when you know that you already have all sufficiency of all things. There is no lack in this kingdom. Understand it's like night and day. It's dark and light. It's they're two uh, totally different kingdoms, two totally different worlds in this world. It's based on lack. Everything is based upon lack. It's always trying to get, trying to get, trying to get. There's lack in this world. There's, there's, there's not enough money in this world, so we have to even it all out and give everybody the same amount because there's only a limited. There's, it's always about lack. Something you lack. So much preaching. What we ought to be doing. What God expects us to do. What we owe God. What we should be doing for God. It's always something we're lacking. And, that, and, and, and you go around that mountain forever and ever and ever until you know truth in your heart. That you having all sufficiency in all things can have an abundance for every good work. John chapter 14 verse 18. Here again Jesus said, I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. He would come to us as the spirit, his spirit living in us. I will come to you. You're not going to me. 
you know, we had preaching of like us, let's, let's, let's ascend into the heavens, you know. Come on, church, let's come up higher. He says, no, I'm going to come to you. In other words, he says, now, with this, what I'm doing, I'm not calling you up into heaven. I'm bringing heaven to you. I will come to you. Uh, in, in that same chapter, he says, I will pray the Father. And he will send. He will send the comforter. Now, if, I, if, if I'm in Florida, and I call you or send you a text or an email or something, and I say, I'm going to send you a gift. I'm going to send you a gift. You're not going to get all excited, get in your car, and go drive to Florida to get it. If I'm going to send it, what do you have to do? Stay home. <laughs> Just be there. <laughs> Just receive it. You receive a letter. You receive a gift. But somehow, in, 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 in churchianity, because we bring in so much flesh, fleshly thinking into it, we, we, we've somehow given people the idea that we have to go get it. I will send. And when he sent it, when he sent the comforter, uh, what did he give us? It, 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 he gave us everything. I mean, it's described in so many ways. He gave us the kingdom of God when he gave us that. Because the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So when we got the Holy Ghost, <coughs> we got the kingdom. The whole kingdom of God. And we got all righteousness, all right standing, perfection in God, righteousness. We got peace. We got joy. That's another one. We don't go out and find the peace. We don't earn the peace. We don't get it. Well, we, we receive it because we have that. We have that peace. There's no lack of peace in our hearts. I pray that God would give me peace. It's, what, what's, what's that from? That's just from not seeing. Second Peter one talks about that. It says he that he that's not partaking of these things is 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 doing it because he's 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 blinded. He's 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 his 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 sight, his vision is not good. He cannot see very far. He can't see the feast in front of him, so he's asking God for food. Hmm? What do we do when we pray? Father, we thank you for that which we're about to receive. What's about to happen? Your body is going to receive something. Something's going to be put in it. The body will receive it. We don't go, we don't go to Florida to get the gift. We just rest. We don't have to spend money on a flight or gas or, or, or drive, drive for days on, in a car. We don't have to do any of that stuff. You just receive the gift. I'm going to give it. I will come to you. Romans chapter 10, 10 gets into this. Now I want to show you something here. Here's the difference. And to be a master receiver... I want you to know this. In verse 10 of Romans 10, it says, For with the heart, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness. Now, also in Mark 11, it says, If you believe in your heart, those things that you pray will come to pass. Nowhere in the Bible do I see where it says, If you believe with your brain. If you can make your brain believe it. Now, the mind gets renewed, the change happens, but it gets renewed by the Spirit. And I don't even see anywhere where it tells that you have to renew your mind. It's the Spirit that makes all things new, and it says we're being renewed by that Spirit. The Spirit is alive. He's a teacher. He's the counselor. He's the company. He's which, he, the Spirit. Now, now, here's the difference. A lot of times, see, we'll run into people, and we'll, <coughs> excuse me, we're talking to them, we're talking to them, and you can say, talk about God's love. 
And so often people say, I know he loves me. I know he loves me, but I know he loves me. I know he loves me. What they're saying, they're saying, my brain will agree with that. My brain knows those verses, Rick. (laughs) My theology says God loves me. But why are they struggling? Why are they, why, why is it so hard for them? Because they're believing with their brain. But he says, if you believe with your heart. See, because in your heart is where you receive the rest. With the heart. What's the heart? It's the inner man. The spiritual you. It's the you that's alive. It's not this, 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 this gray and white flash, fleshly, fleshly piece of meat computer here. This amazing thing. But it's a sensory organ. And what it does is it takes in senses. It takes from, from sight, sound, taste, smell, touch, so on. It takes all that, takes in the, in, in, the information. It's brilliant. <laughs> it takes things and it computes and it computes and it computes. And it says, here's what's going on. And many times it, just, it figures things out amazingly. But sometimes its information is limited. So then it draws incomplete conclusions. And that's where you get to, well, God's not pleased or this person's not pleased or this person's thinking that of me or this or that. And, 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 and so, so that, that, that fleshly type of thinking fills in the gaps almost always with something negative. But there's a heart of man. Elihu said in the book of Job, there is a spirit in man. All you guys were talking, you men of wisdom, you have lots of knowledge. You're much older than me. I said, you should do all the talking. And you talked and you talked, but none of you were able to convince Job. You gave him a bunch of head knowledge. You gave him a bunch of things. And a lot of it was lies. <laughs> and I thought I should, I should hold my peace and let all you guys do the talking. But now I'm like a bottle that can't hold itself. He says, because there is a spirit in man. And it's the inspiration of the almighty that gives him understanding. The spirit, the spirit. This is where people in the world, sometimes you can hear people in the world say some very positive things. There are some some different forms of philosophies and religious beliefs and things that sometimes become, I mean, sometimes what's called new age stuff can sound very close. And it really is. And there's a a lot of good things. but, But what it's missing is, is that you have to think this up. You have to convince yourself. You have to, it's, you have to think it. It's, positive thinking is wonderful. It's great. It's certainly a whole lot better than negative thinking. I really love positive thinking, but positive thinking is not the heart. Positive thinking is you making your brain, keep it repeating it, making your brains, making your brain, you know, agree to this. And, and, and that's, that's good. It's better, but it's not. But we're talking about being a master receiver. Where you're not working. You're trying to work on your brain all the time. You've got a spirit in you that knows everything. Come on. And when you start receiving, huh? then your brain st- will, start to, will start to operate with that. <clears throat> the difference between the brain and the heart is this. So I brought two elements here. Just something I found. I had this in the car. found this in the kitchen. If I stick this in an electrical socket... Flatten it out so it'll go in there. If I stick this in an electrical socket, I'm not going to make a connection. Nothing's really going to happen. <laughs> but if, what if I stick this in there? There'll be a connection. <laughs> Somebody like, you don't want to do that. Huh? Yeah, if you got two, you make that connection. And you, <coughs> and you, uh, the thing about it is, one of them will conduct it. Once, it, once, once this touches the metal, 
That's why I, I, don't, I don't even like working on, even when I got the power off, I'm a little scared of that stuff. I just seem like I always get shocked somehow anyway. But, 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 but it's just like there's the brain and there's the heart. We don't connect with God with our brain. The brain is a piece of flesh. An amazing, an amazing part of God's creation in our bodies. But it's a part of our body. But there's a spirit in man. There's the inner man, the hidden man of the heart, the real man, the invisible man. That when, if the, if the body were, to, were to, to, to lay down and die, if the body were to be buried in the ground and decay, that brain decays with it. <laughs> that brain that figured all these amazing things out. It gets eaten by the worms too. <laughs> but there's a spirit that remains. There's a spirit that's alive. And it's with the heart man believes. The spirit, the deep calls to deep, not to the shallow. The spirit of God talks to the, your inner man, your soul. Your soul is spirit, spiritual. And we connect with our heart, which is the soul and spirit of God in us. And we connect with this. And connecting with this, there's nothing that the brain, the brain, the brain will, the brain gives us all these things to do. That's just, that's what it, what it does. It's, it's just, it's, it's to help us operate in this world and survive in this world. But the spirit knows life with the heart. This is why when you're worshiping, what happens is you'll, you'll get out of here and you'll get in here and you feel the connecting. And when you, you, you may have come to church and had all kinds of problems on your mind, but if you can, if you can get into worship or in any way focusing on God through the word that's being spoken or something, and, 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 and you go into this thing, going, going into action, opening up is what it's doing. You start feeling everything's well. You walked in with problems on your mind, but you started worshiping. And what was happening? When you worship, see your heart, you start opening up your whole being to, 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 to God. And what you do is your, your heart is getting the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And he's the comforter. You can't help. You always get comfort. The problems are still going on out there that you walked in with. They're still out there. Still got to deal with them. But, but when you're connecting you feel all is well. You feel peace. You feel rest. Because in that position, what are you doing? You're receiving. You have faith. You have faith. You didn't think it up. You opened up. Get that. You didn't think it up. You opened up. You didn't get smart enough. Gnosticism was something that tried to take over Christianity in the early. They thought they could think it up. That's what Gnostic means. It means knowledge. <laughs> they thought by knowledge, you become Christ-like. By knowledge, you become godly. By, by knowledge, you become more spiritual. Gnosticism, the very name, was knowledge. We are the knowledge people. We just grow in knowledge. Knowledge, and Paul says, wait a minute. Knowledge puffs you up. <laughs> knowledge makes you think that you're, that, you're, that you're getting bigger. Knowledge puffs you up. But love will build you up. In other words, knowledge makes you feel better about yourself in certain ways for a little while. But love will make you better. God is love. It's with the heart. The heart of man doesn't have to do anything except open. 
be open. And, and, and it really is, but when you're aware of that, you're just like the ground that receives the rain. The dirt out there is just going to receive the rain. It doesn't have to go up and get the rain. <laughs> it receives the rain. The heart of man is already in the tabernacle. The heart of man is home. The heart of man is with God. It doesn't have to go anywhere. In fact, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 11 through 14, it talks about that. It says, for this commandment that I command you today is not too mysterious for you. Oh, get this. To a master receiver is the easiest thing, if you can see the truth. This makes it easy. I don't have 12, 24 steps to become a master receiver. All I have is a simple truth about this gospel. And, and, and hopefully it can just push away some lies and say, you know what? This is far more simple than I thought it was. This commandment that I command you is not too mysterious for you. See, when we think of a mysterious God, a mysterious message, a mysterious gospel, a mysterious kingdom, then what do we do? We just keep going after knowledge and knowledge and knowledge. And Paul wrote about them and he says, they're ever learning. But never coming to or missing the simplicity of the truth. <clears throat> he says, it's not too mysterious for you, nor is it too far away. It's not in heaven that one should say, who will ascend into the heaven for us and bring it to us so we can hear it and do it? Like Neva Jean was talking about, it's not that old tabernacle trying to go into that holy of holies back there and pierce the veil and break through the veil and go into that third heaven and high place and so on. It's not there. Let's ascend the holy hill. Let's go into the third dimension. Let's go. It's not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend to heaven and bring it to us so we can hear it and do it. It's not beyond the sea that you would say, who'll go over the sea for us and bring it to us. That we can hear it and do it. But the word is very near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. It's in your heart. It's in your heart. You have it. That's why Paul said you know all things. It's here. It's not out there. It's here. It's in your heart. And it's in your mouth because we believe with the heart. We believe, therefore we speak. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart that you may do it. We have received. It's all about that. Jesus would say, if you can receive it. It's all about receiving. A master receive. What do you have to do to receive? Just be there. Just be there. Sometimes when the things get too, things of life get too convoluted, it's just, it's, you're, you're trying to work, figure it out, you know, and you're, and it always comes down to this every time. The way that it all gets resolved within myself is that I get back down to simplicity. Connecting with my spirit. God, what do you say? Putting my attention on him. And the peace comes, just like Linda was singing about. The peace and the joy. And that, that place that the heart of man dwells with him is full of love that just casts out all fear. Because the fear doesn't happen in here. The fear is happening here. The doubt. You don't doubt in your heart. You doubt in your mind, your, your brain. In the heart, 
man believes under righteousness. With the heart, man believes. So we remember that we're spiritual, that we are connected now. We're not trying to connect. The heart is connected with God. The brain tries to connect. The heart is what we live by. We live by the spirit. For he that is led by the spirit of God, not, the, not a, a, a brain that has gained knowledge. Those that are led by the spirit. For there's a spirit in man and the spirit gives us understanding and inspiration. Finally, in Matthew chapter 6, 31, I've read this a lot of times, but this wraps it all up. This is what it's all about. This is from the Message Bible. What he says here is, what I'm trying to do here is get you to relax. To not be so preoccupied with getting. Because when you're not preoccupied with getting, you can respond to God's giving. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. What a beautiful gospel. What a wonderful God. What a loving Lamb of God Jesus is. So steep your life in God reality. God's initiative, not ours. God's initiative and God provisions. Let's all stand up. How blessed are we? How wonderful life is when you look at God like this. Um, Daddy, Father God, I thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for the power of your spirit to open the eyes of our understanding that we can see reality. Father, right now, let every one of us be, uh, acknowledge and be, and, and, and be thankful. For there's a spirit, that there's a spirit in man. There's a spirit in us. In fact, our real man is spirit. We're led by our real man. We listen with our real man. We speak with our real man. We move and have our being in you with our real man. We thank you, Father, for truth that makes us free. We thank you, Father, for truth and love that casts out doubt and fear. We thank you for perfection and holiness that we find today. We find it in you as we stand in you. We thank you for so great a salvation. We thank you for the perfection and holiness that you bring us to. We thank you, Father, for joy and peace of salvation. So that we have, who have freely received so easily and joyfully, freely, freely give. We freely give. We freely give. And we thank you. We thank you for this. In the wonderful, wonderful name of Jesus, our Lord, Savior, Word of God, one who created all things. We love you, Father. Amen.